Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, through the power of the Holy Spirit, may God's grace, mercy, and peace be with you through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We have three absolutely stunning stories from Scripture today. So naturally, I feel compelled to share a fourth story with you before diving into our gospel. This is a story about a wizard named Saruman. His official title was Saruman the White. He was a lore master. He was one of the most knowledgeable beings in all of Lord of the Rings, uh, from J.R.R. Tolkien. And he was the head of the Council of Wizards. His area of research and expertise was the arts of the enemy. And naturally, as the events of the Lord of the Rings began to unfold, it is revealed that in his studies, he had fallen. Saruman had been corrupted and was no longer working for the good of creation. Tolkien reveals his betrayal to the reader through this following interaction. For I am Saruman the Wise, Saruman Ringmaker, Saruman of many colors. I looked then and I saw his robes, which had seemed white, were not so, but were woven of all colors, and if he moved, they shimmered and changed hue, so that the eye was bewildered. I liked white better, I said. White, he sneered. It serves as a beginning. White cloth may be dyed, the white page can be overwritten, and the white light can be broken. When Saruman the Wise was working for the good of creation, was doing the work and research that he had been called to, he was perfectly content with his white robes. But once he had fallen, he became greedy. He wanted more knowledge, more power, and more influence than his white robes would permit. So he created new robes, filled with color and trying to appear as dazzling as his original robes were. But instead of a piece of beauty, his robes shimmered and changed and left the eye bewildered. I share this story because I think it really helps us recognize the beauty in Christ's transfiguration. When Jesus was transfigured, his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. 
And unlike Saruman, who created robes trying to dazzle, but instead causing bewilderment, Christ's clothes were transformed into something pristine, something that no one could replicate the color of. And of course, Saruman notes that white can be overwritten, that cloth can be dyed or light broken. And he does this to his own clothes, trying to improve them in his mind, but in fact only makes them worse. However, in the transfiguration, Jesus opens himself to the full radiance and glory of God, and his clothes become something that cannot be replicated. His raiment literally shines. And not only that, but the radiance of his clothes mirrors the face of Moses. Because when Moses received the Ten Commandments on the mountain from God, his close interaction with God caused his face to shine brightly as he returned off the mountaintop. And it makes me start to wonder, if being in close proximity to the divine transfigures or causes a person's face to shine... What does the second or third iteration of that look like? Or in other words, when Jesus was transfigured and God speaks out of the cloud, what happened to Peter or James or John who were looking on in amazement? Or when they returned from the mountaintop, could the people down below at the base of the mountain see a change in Jesus or the disciples? When I think about how seeing the transfiguration changed the disciples, I can't help but think about my own wedding day. Eric and I were married on October 23, 2021, over at the Minnesota Landscape Arboretum in Chaska. And if you remember a couple years ago, we had a warmer-than-usual fall, and somehow the peak color for the leaves changing landed at the end of October on our wedding weekend. And just a few hours before the ceremony, our photographer pulled the two of us aside from everyone else so we could get some individual photos taken, just of the two of us, surrounded by beautiful colors and not needing the whole entourage following. And I remember standing there, seeing our photographer taking pictures of Erica in the woods with the leaves falling behind her, and I started to cry. It was the most beautiful image I had ever seen my stunning bride surrounded by the most beautifully colored leaves, and I was filled with thoughts about what our future would bring in the years to come. That moment brought me to tears purely from the radiance and beauty that came with it. And if that moment could be so profound and change me so deeply, it brings me back to wondering, how did witnessing the transfiguration of Christ changed the disciples who witnessed it. Last night, I was given the privilege to baptize Josie Lynn Holmvik. I've got a picture up there. It's the cutest baby. She's the daughter of two of my friends who I went to through high school, went to church, confirmation, everything with. And so they'd asked me to do her baptism. And as I poured the water over her head... I was reminded that the Holy Spirit is moving, active, and present right here in this moment. And just like Christ was transfigured in a white garment, Josie wore a white dress for her baptism, just like many of you likely did as well. And as I baptized her in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I was reminded that God is present with us now, 
just like God was when Jesus was joined by Moses and Elijah on that mountaintop. That in the sacrament of baptism, the Spirit of God is moving over and through the waters to be fully present throughout all of Josie's life. And now, just in a few minutes, we will all be welcomed to the table of God to experience Christ in, with, and under the bread and wine. And in that, God is also present, just like how God was present when Jesus was transfigured. So in order to see how God, experiencing God's presence and witnessing Christ's transfiguration changed the disciples, we don't need to look deeper into Scripture. We don't need to compare, okay, how did they talk before this and how did they talk after? No, we don't need to look at Scripture. We need to look at the world around us and see what is going on. Or even more specifically, we need to see how people are changed as we live into our baptismal promises to proclaim Christ in word and deed, to care for others and the world that God made, and to work for justice and peace. We are about to enter into the season of Lent with the theme of the seed of joy, and we are planting seeds throughout Lent that will be nurtured and will blossom as we continue to care for our neighbors and community. And of course, as we mentioned early. Earlier, each week throughout Lent, we are requesting specific items to help better serve local organizations caring for people in need. And again, there are trifold pamphlets waiting for you outside the sanctuary, so please grab one so you can help support our community. We are also caring for our neighbors through the Calling All Saints program that started this last month to help care for those in our congregation who need a compassionate listener in their life. We care for our neighbors through the work of our immigration task force and through our partnerships to make sure that our neighbors have a safe place to sleep at night. We care for our neighbors as we host our weekly Al-Anon group so that they can be better equipped to support themselves and their loved ones. And we care for our neighbors as we sit with those who are on hospice and dying and those who feel alone and those who are surrounded by loved ones. How are the disciples changed by witnessing Christ's transfiguration? We can see that by looking at how our community is changed by the work that God calls us to. That the Spirit is continuing to empower us through the sacraments and the kingdom of God that Jesus leads us to each and every day. God has transformed and transfigured us for a life of service. May our eyes be opened so that we can see where God is calling us to next. Thank you.